0: privilege is all around you it shows up in your clothes where you live the places you frequent your network capital and even how you spend your money it's useless until you recognize it so it's time to stop feeling guilty and figure out how to use your privilege to make an impact welcome to guilty privilege Welcome to another episode of Guilty Privilege. Today, we have the privilege of talking to Corey Smith. He is the head of DEI at LVMH. And we're going to talk about what that means in addition to what all of the brands are, what luxury looks like, how we are being responsible with our inclusion and equity, even though we are still talking luxury today. Um, So I'm looking forward to this conversation. We should go ahead and get started.
1: It's great to be here first of all, thanks for the invitation. Uh, I'm Corey Smith. I lead diversity, equity and inclusion for LVMH for North America. Uh, LVMH is the largest luxury conglomerate on the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in the DEI space for well over 20 years. Um, Most people know that before LVMH, I ran diversity and inclusion for Major League Baseball. Uh, before that I was at NBC Universal so in the entertainment world uh, and it goes back even further consumer products education manufacturing technology pick industry I've done it yeah. So.
0: I love the diversity of your experience there you in go. diversity. There That's you go. fantastic. Absolutely. So for the people, can you tell us what LVMH stands for?
1: Ah, for sure. LVMH is Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. Yeah,
0: yes. Um, and I like that you you told us how to say it correctly. So one more time.
1: Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. Pronounce the T in Moet, please. Yes, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah. No. So again, we're the, we're the l- largest luxury conglomerate Um we own 75 brands across six main business verticals. So, wines and spirits, fashion and leather goods, uh, watches and jewelry, beauty and skincare, selective retailing, um, and travel and hospitality. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, everybody's heard of all of our brands. They just don't know that they're all owned by one company. Right, right. (laughs) And
0: some of those companies are in competition with each other, which is also a little mind-blowing. For
1: sure, for sure. I mean, you know, from the Louis Vuittons to the Dior's to the Fendi's. All the way over to our champagnes, you have Moet and Dom Perignon and Vov Cliquot and Krug. Uh, yeah, they are all operating kind of in the same space. Yeah. Um, we like to consider ourselves one big happy family, but, you know, there's some sibling rivalry going yeah. on.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it sounds like a real family.
1: For sure. Sibling rivalries include dysfunction and disruptiveness, but again, it's all, it's all under one umbrella, and it's important for people to understand that.
0: Yeah, I love that. So leading... I imagine for the biggest luxury conglomerate leading the DEI space for that probably feels really empowering sometimes. And then other times maybe like a really big undertaking. Yeah. Can you talk to me about how you kind of maneuver that?
1: I mean, again, you know, the portfolio is diverse in and of itself. Mm-hmm. We, we have a saying that we are diverse by nature, um, simply the way we are set up, right? Mm-hmm. We have so many different types of companies operating across so many different business verticals, that diversity is just kind of literally our business model. Yeah. Um, Now, how we translate that to our people and our corporate culture and our way of being, that's kind of where I come in and kind of step in and try to really um, create a corporate culture of inclusiveness where folks are celebrated Um, valued for their difference. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we we adopt it when it comes to our businesses, but how we enact it as it relates to our workforce is is the challenge for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I love retail. Most of my clients are in retail. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started and stepped out on my own doing consulting, retail was really the first business that sucked me up probably because I used to work at Walmart, yeah. biggest retailer yeah. in the history of the world. Right. Absolutely. So, um, so because of that, like I've, I've just, I have a love for it. I understand the environment, but it's also a really tough environment when you mm-hmm. are talking about, being inclusive, being equitable, creating spaces that feel accessible to people. Um, Can you talk to me a little bit about how you navigate that piece of it? Because I think retail is a little bit unique and bringing it to life, particularly, you know, in the conglomerate that is LVMH, MH, I am sure, you know, there's some elements of that that play a part too.
1: Yeah, I mean, our our strategy around diversity, equity, and inclusion is built on three pillars. Um, The first is our people. Mm -hmm. LVMH has a belief statement that people make the difference. And so how we recruit and then retain talent and how we do so in an equitable way that that leads to inclusion is something that we're really, really hyper focused on. And, you know, whether we're talking about how we write our job descriptions so that they aren't. you know opposing to gender or sexual orientation or any of those things all the way up to the the resume review process like you we all know you can you can look at somebody's resume and think you know a lot about them but it might not actually be telling you what you think you know right Mm -hmm. um and then all the way up to the interview and selection process and so we try to make sure that there's a level of inclusion in that process, trying to mitigate bias, try to make it as objective as possible. Then you get to the retention side, because once you hire people, then you got to figure out how to yeah. keep them. Right. Um, keeping people is probably harder than hiring. Them, I actually say. Right. And so that's really about the corporate culture. And how do we make sure people feel valued and seen and acknowledged and and, and feel as if they're being heard and, and or if they're not being heard, that they're only Thing that they attribute that to is their gender or their ethnicity right. or those types of things, right? So people is something that we really focus on and that's everything, again, from employee resource groups, literally to platforms that and organizations that we've partnered with to help us write more inclusively around things like job descriptions. Uh, the second pillar is our business pillar and that's really focused on supply chain.
0: Okay,
1: um, You know, supplier diversity, which is actually how I got my start in um, diversity and inclusion making sure that we're tapping into the economic growth the 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 stability of diverse entrepreneurs because mm-hmm. they lead to the innovation that we then need in our process, Absolutely. right? Um the other great thing about supplier diversity specifically for LVMH is we own our entire supply chain from oh, soup wow. to nuts. So the grapes that turn into the champagnes and the wines, we own the vineyards. Yes. The the flowers that turn into the perfumes, we own the gardens. Nice. We own everything from soup to nuts. So if we bring you into any component of that supply chain, then we treat you as a value partner. Yeah, um, that's
0: the family. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. The family. And so,
1: making sure that diverse businesses are a part of that network um, is something that's really important to us. And we we we've, we've rolled out our supply diversity program here in the U.S., but it's absolutely our intention to make sure that it goes global as well. Yeah. Um, and then the last piece of the of the DEI pillars are, are is brand. So people, business, brand. When we talk about brand, that's where retail starts to come into play because how we view brand is anything that's external facing, anything that's customer facing. So that's our marketing and our ad campaigns, right? Who are we choosing to be our brand ambassadors and are we choosing them on a diverse enough um, scale? Um, Our social media, I tell all of our brands, if I can go to your Instagram page and I can scroll 10 posts and I don't see any diversity, then you got a problem, right? Um, But it's also the in-store experience. right? that retail component, how do we make someone feel when they walk into one of our stores, Yeah, right? Are we inviting them in? Are we saying welcome? Or are you being racially profiled? Mm. Are you being followed around by security? Are you like, treating you as if you don't belong here? Yeah. Um, that's such a critical component of our brand, right? When somebody then sees one of our logos, hears one of our company names, it's gonna dial back to, well, how did they make me feel when I walked into that store? And I don't care if you're there for a $200 keychain or a $50,000 handbag. That's right. It shouldn't matter. Right. Right. The the experience should be the same. Right. And so, and what I really try to explain to our brands is, look, how you treat somebody at that $200 price point is going to determine whether they come back
0: for that $50,000 price point. When I have the 50 to spend, am I going to spend it here? Exactly.
1: That's correct. And, And so, you know, all of those things are really how we look at it. Some of our brands have done some really great things. Sephora actually wrote a white paper. It's public. It's open for the world to see on how to mitigate racial bias in retail. Yes. Um, and then from that white paper, they then created a charter that a lot of retail organizations have signed on how we want to mitigate um, bias specifically in the retail stores, because we know what that looks like. We Some People of color, for example, you walk into certain stores and their products are locked up behind glass That's cases. That's right. Right. Yeah. Where everybody else's are not. Exactly. Um, depending on what you're there for, you have to go ask for help to retrieve it. And and so there's tons of inequity in retail that we are actually kind of at the forefront. Sephora specifically at the forefront of trying to make sure that we're mitigating as much
0: as possible. I love that. Yeah. So I, I always tell people that... Um, Inclusion isn't everybody all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you use the example of a two hundred dollar keychain or a fifty thousand dollar item. Or yeah. if you're in Sephora and it's a five bucks item yeah. it, or it's a forty bucks item. For sure. Because Everyone's not shopping for the same things. And so what's really great about retail, even though I agree, sometimes it gets a little hard to make it feel equitable just because you're selling things, right? When you're selling things, that automatically puts you a little bit at an advantage because you're trying to make money, right? So it doesn't necessarily feel equitable from that standpoint. But I do think given the thought of, A, the diversity of your products, how Mm -hmm. we're marketing them, how you feel about it. And like you said, the people, you know, that's a huge part of what inclusion really is talking about. It doesn't have to mean everybody all at once is going to get the same thing and so i I love how you explain that um i want to talk a little bit about the word luxury though (laughs) um i do think that the word luxury kind of connotes a bit of privilege just in and of Hmm. itself um how do you consider how how might you consider luxury well i don't want to let me frame it this way would you consider luxury a privilege a necessity? or a bit of both?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> um, I think it's a bit of both. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. I, I, look, I think the word I like to use, because what people usually do is they attach the word luxury with the word exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really trying to shift the narrative that luxury is actually aspirational. And what I mean by that is we all aspire to be more, have more, want more in our lives. I don't care who you are. That's true. Billionaires want more billions. Yeah, And so we all aspire. And and, and that's just part of evolution and growth. Who you are at 30 is not the same person you are at 16. And who you are at 40 is not going to be the same person you are at 30. You evolve, you change, you grow. Um, And hopefully on that journey, you have higher and higher aspirations that you set for yourself. And so whether you came to luxury because of privilege, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is generational wealth or legacy or whatever your thing is that got you here, or whether you came to it. your own personal evolution your own growth your own economic and financial situation changing both of those are aspirational Mm -hmm. um now with that said we recognize that there's some gaps between how you get there whether you got there clawing and scratching and had to build it and grow get it yourself right or it was passed on to you by you know maybe somebody in your lineage that had to claw and scratch and grow and and build it themselves, right? Um, I think the thing for me is, regardless of how you got here, again, when you walk into one of our doors, as long as we're saying, hey, welcome, we're glad you're here, how you got here doesn't matter, Yeah. right? You are now in this world of luxury and we should treat you as such.
0: Yes, Um, even if I'm browsing.
1: Even if you're browsing. Yeah. Even if you're browsing. Because again, something piqued your interest that got you in this door. That's right. And I need to treat you like you're the most important person in the world when you walk in this door. Because again, what we know is as you aspire to more and as you gain more and your financial situation improves, your loyalty to who made you feel good. That's it
0: that is is going
1: to be kind of locked in and you'll come back for more again, whether you started off at the low end items, some entry, I don't care what your entry point is. That's right. Stay with
0: us. That's right. But
1: that's all going to be dependent on how we made you feel. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So um, I I want to just kind of touch on that. I had the, you know, fortunate privilege of being able to walk through a couple of your brands in Vegas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right there, the crystal shops, you know, they have all the high end brands. And so, Um, one of the things I loved about the store specifically the LV store was that it was so warm and colorful so I think sometimes we think of LV because we see it out in the world as these very specific patterns and prints and leather goods but what I would saw when I walked in was art Um, I saw a lot of creativity in terms of how the displays were laid out. So to Mm -hmm. your point about trying to create that warmth, I wasn't shopping at that moment. I was browsing, but I definitely made a short list (laughs) after going through because of how I felt. So, yes, there's something to that for sure. Absolutely. Um, So here's another thing I I think is important to talk about, especially especially as we think about people of color and doing the work that we do, you know, where we are interested in trying to make sure that we're creating an equitable experience, Mm -hmm. regardless of where folks are in terms of their identity sometimes luxury is seen as a validator it's Mm -hmm. sometimes a badge of honor you know in some communities and um can some in some ways kind of create a little bit of disconnection sometimes um or maybe even a sense of community or Mm -hmm. connection I'm, i'm really interested in your thoughts about the influence of luxury on culture in that way in terms of like that validation aspect or that that cultural connectivity um you know we know what it feels like when someone shows up with a new bag you know in our friend groups and things like that like what are your thoughts about how that impacts the cultural experience you know that
1: there are the communities that historically have been limited in their economic growth that's right right that's just a fact
0: it is a fact
1: um Systemically limited. Yep. Like we know all the things. That's right. Uh, I don't. If I need to spell them out, limited, I'm, I'm, I'm more than willing to spell them out if I have limited, to. Then we'll be here all. Right. We'll be here we forever. We have the limits. Right? Yes. Um. So again, when you get to this point in your in your in your life, where if you have the good fortune and your financial and economic situation changes, mm-hmm. hell yeah, go celebrate. that. Yes. Right. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with celebration. I agree with you. You evolve. You grow. You. The come up, That's right? right? When you get the come up, you should go celebrate. Yes. Totally fine with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, come celebrate with the LVMH brands. <laughs> like,
0: yes, please. Yeah, right? <laughs>
1: like I'm here for all of that. <laughs> to your point though, I think when the reason you're doing it is less about celebration and and, and the fact that you've been able to shift and change your financial situation In the face of all these systemic limitations, when you're doing it solely to seek other people's approval, yes, right, Um, looking for validation, right, Um, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. And 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 look, I think with the financial limitations have also come an emotional stress on these same communities, right? Because you don't feel valued, you don't feel seen,
0: right.
1: you you feel invisible, right? And so, again, when your financial situation changes and you can go buy these things, then it's like, then you want to go get the one with the biggest logo on it, That's the right. biggest brand on it, because what you're actually saying is, not only has my financial situation changed, but look at me. That's right. Let me show you that. That's it's right. Because
0: you haven't felt seen.
1: Right. So it's the combination of the, the 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 lack of economic empowerment and this idea that we've been invisible, that when, when we when the come up happens, it's like, bow, give me everything. Yeah. With all the bling, all the logos, all of yeah. this, all of that. So I can go show the world my status has changed. That's right. There's a danger in that.
0: There though, is.
1: Right. I, I think. Needing external validation and, and not having that own, your own self esteem and your own confidence in yourself, then you're always seeking it and you're always chasing it. Yeah, right. And so, so which is opposed to, and so that's how you get to that logomania stuff. And yes. in the industry, we spend a lot of time talking about logomania because it's really defined by a particular community. That's right. And if you don't understand everything that we're talking about the limitations on your economic growth, right? This, the emotional stresses of feeling invisible, Yes. then you don't understand why people are walking in the store and say, give me the one with the biggest logo That's possible. That's right. Exactly. Right? You don't understand it if you didn't come from that. That's right. Which is the polar opposite of the other side, kind of the privilege. That's right. Right? Which I've always had it. Yes. This is normal to me. So I don't need the one with the logo. Yeah. Actually, I operate from a place of if you know you if know. If you
0: know you know. Right. That quiet that, luxury vibe. The quiet
1: luxury. <laughs> that's right. Which is like there's been a huge resurgence in quiet luxury. Yes. There's not a logo on it. Nothing. Ain't not a brand name if on know, it. You know you know. If you if know. If you touch you it, you know. know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. And so if if that's what the industry is used to, again, this idea of generational worth, wealth and 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 value, where I always had this. Mm. I don't need to prove anything to you. I don't need your validation. I walk in this every day, right? right? And and everybody that I hang with, they know because they wearing it too, right? And our parents know, and our right. friends know, and right. so logo mania gives the other the quiet luxury crowd kind of like, oh, well, oh, you guys are new to this? Yes, right? Yes. Um, Again, for me, I'm indifferent. Because for me, what I care about for LVMH is whichever one of those you are, again, when you walk into our store, I need to treat you like you're a VIP. That's right. I don't care if you're here to buy all the logos. I don't don't care if you're here to buy all the quiet luxury. Either way, welcome. We see you. Mm -hmm. We value you. Come on in.
0: That's right. So what I love about this conversation is two things. It doesn't take away from the fact that we are selling a thing and we are going to sell it equitably. We are going to make sure we are making it available to you. If you want this version or that version, tall or short, you know, logos or not, we are making it available to you, which is what we really are looking for and and encouraging when we are talking about being diverse, inclusive, and equitable. I wanna make sure that when I want one, I can go get the one I want, right? I think sometimes what happens is that this conversation, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast, is that people think that like luxury shouldn't exist because right. if everyone can't have it, then you know it shouldn't be for mm. everyone. And that's why I always remind people like Inclusion doesn't mean everybody all the time. It means that in this space, when you come here, you're going to have an experience the same as someone else will have. Now, you may not have the same dollars to spend or have the same background or live in the same place. But when you experience us, we're going to create an experience that's going to feel universally equitable. And that's the goal, whether you're Logomania or not.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, perfect. Perfectly yeah. said. Like everything isn't for everyone, right? Yes. And I, I always use the analogy of like movies. No one's asking Martin Scorsese to make a rom com. Exactly. Right? Like,
0: yeah. We know what Please he does. Please don't actually. Right. right? <laughs>
1: yeah. He has his lane. He knows what he types of movies he can make. Same. Like pick a pick a pick a producer. Yes. Pick a director. They yes. have their lane. Right. Right. And so the same applies to us. It's we make. High-end luxury that's right. items. That's right. Full stop. Correct. If you want some, we got it. Come Correct. on in. Correct. Right? Correct. And if this is not your thing, then, then that's okay. okay. Then that's okay But as you'll, well.
0: you'll still enjoy browsing. We will that, that, make you feel good. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, um, I chair an organization called Brown Girls Do Ballet. She's uh, another guest on another episode. And um, it's brown girls. And there are many times where people say, but what about brown boys? And we're like, <laughs> brown boys need support as well, but our focus is brown girls. And so it's the same thing there where you do get to have a choice. I think we have to be very careful, which is why I wanted to talk with you about this, about the idea that everybody should have everything at the same time. It's just not feasible. We do get to have difference. We do get to have luxury. We do get to have our preferences. We do get to have all of those things. And that doesn't mean that you are being exclusive or evil or shutting anyone out. It is still a part of the strategy to be that way.
1: that's actually counterintuitive to develop. Diversity is you
0: are unique because of your
1: uniqueness Yes, and the things that your experiences and your characteristics and who you are, your cultural background. If I treated everybody the same. Yes. Yes. We'd be
0: bored. Right. (laughs) We'd be bored. I
1: say it all the time. There's a difference between equity and equality. That's right. right. And and those two are equality is the outcome of equity. Right. But you can't start with equality. You can't start with treating everybody the same. You're not going to get the same results. Exactly. Exactly
0: right. Okay, so I want to ask you about uh, DEI, like budgets, because we know budgets are a big conversation right now. Everybody is kind of going through this, you know, shift with our economics changing and all of that. Um, so DEI costs dollars, but it isn't just about the dollars. And so I would love to just kind of get some perspective from you about some other ways to keep diversity, equity, and inclusion at the top of mind, or what maybe you do in your role to kind of make sure that it's still in focus, even when the budget dollars are shifting.
1: Yeah, no, great. Um, well, let me talk about budget first, before I move to the other things you do in lieu of budget. Yeah. Um, you're right. DEI as a department, as a function in an organization, that budget is never enough. It should never. It's, it, never, it, it's, it's enough. never enough.
0: It's never but enough. But
1: what I will say is, you know, I use other people's money. Right. I use procurement's money yeah. to help with supplier diversity. Mm-hmm. Right. I use marketing's dollars to help with anything experiential or event driven. Right. I, it, it's really how. You tap into the rest of the organization to actually invite them into the DEI experience. We can't do this alone mm-hmm. as a DEI practitioner. The same way I can't solely use my budget. Alone, That's right. Right. And so, how you engage other areas of the business and how you engage other departments to really um, drive the mission of DEI is, is is critical. With that, though, you then have to make sure you're tracking to their ROI, That's not, right. just your, not just your own, right? Exactly. Because now they're engaged. Now they're invested, literally financially mm-hmm. invested. You also then have to make sure you're giving them the impact that they need to see. I think impact in any organization shows up in a variety of ways, right? It is, it is about how do you make the workforce more diverse? Um, so for example, at LVMH, one of the first things I did was put in a goal for the organization to increase the number of people of color in executive positions. Yes. Um and we set a target, we set a timeline in which we want to see that shift. The reason I wanted to do it at the executive level is diversity begets diversity. That's right. Right? So if you put more women at the top, they're going to hire more women. If you put right. more people of color at the top, they're going to hire more people of color. Doing it at the lower ends of the organization is important, but it doesn't have the same impact That's right. and trickle down effect as if you do it at the higher ends of the organization. So that was really key. Um, but again, it's really about explaining to people this work doesn't only fall on my shoulders because I have the title. Correct. Right. I talk to our chief marketing officers. I talk to our heads of H.R. I'm talking to legal and finance about all these things that impact their area to see how we can improve it. Um, So how do you impact workforce? How do you shift corporate culture? Again, what is the marketing strategy um, and the optics on what marketing looks like and how we're going out with our storytelling and what we tell the world? Because the other disconnect for me is marketing is operating over here, doing a bunch of storytelling. What I really try to explain to them is, the images and storytelling that you put out into the world actually impacts who would potentially apply for a job. If you don't see yourself reflected in our brands, Mm -hmm. why would you even think you could work there? So marketing and HR are actually very connected. People think that they're not because they're very different functions in the organization. But I'm like, marketing is doing all the storytelling. That's right. Again, if I can go to Instagram. Right. Yeah. Right. That's how I'm going to do all my research. And so I know marketing is in theory about the product, but it also affects our workforce as well. So those conversations, you know, have to be intentional around what is our storytelling? What is our brand? What are we trying to communicate to the world? And by doing that, it also highlights what we actually care about.
0: That's right. That's right. I also really love that you highlighted that you're focused on bringing in um, folks in executive roles because you're right. You know, women are going to hire women. People of color are going to hire people of color. Um, And this goes even for other communities. Disabled folks are going to hire disabled folks because whether we like it or not, that similarity bias it's a thing. You know, I, as a person who rides a Peloton, I'm going to know more people who ride Peloton. You it's know? about the network. Exactly. Yeah. And so you're getting access to that network. And one of the things I always encourage people around that is, yes, educate people that the biases exist. But one of the key things about biases is that you can't turn it off no. like it's happening. No. And so it's not you have something to, you
1: can get rid of. Yeah, you'll
0: never get yeah. rid of it. And so what you want to do is kind of engineer an environment that helps you to create the kind of equity and yeah. helps you to create the diversity that you're looking for, instead of trying to get people to change just their minds. Yeah,
1: no, I when I we we do a ton of unconscious bias training in the organization, and yeah. what, exactly what you said. Bias is not something you can get rid of. Yeah. What you can do is mitigate the negative impact your bias can have. But bias can have a ton of positive impact as well, right? And so it's just understanding that. And we
0: we benefit from the positive impact when we see brand placement, (laughs) right? (laughs) Okay, so I have another question. Um, Years ago in my career, one of my leaders told me that the best way for me to advance um, was for me to think about what my leader um, kind of had on her mind, what kept her up at night. Mm-hmm. And I am curious, from your perspective, if there were one thing that you could share as a leader in the DEI space, you know, is there something that you wish everyone knew about DEI that you think would make your job a little bit easier?
1: I've already said it, that it's everybody's job. Yes. It's not just mine, yes. right? It's, it's something that everybody can work on Every single day um, and be very intentional about how you're going to change um, a corporate culture and make it more inclusive and still make money. People try to treat those two things as if they're not connected. Right. But they are 100 percent connected. And so. Again, I don't care what your function is. I have people all the time, they're like, oh, I would love to get into d I want to make a career transition. I'm like, nope, the best thing you can do is stay where you stay are where and do the are. work from there. That's right. right. I need you in marketing, yes. I need you in legal, yes. I need you wherever you are, I need you there. If you're that passionate about it, then affect change from where you are. That's right. Um, and so, you know, most people, they go about their day, they've got their work on their desk and they're plugging away and every now and then, you know they've got D and I sitting in a box somewhere off to the side, and they'll go they'll put yeah. pull something out of the box and sprinkle it on their work, right? And I'm like, yes. no, take the whole damn box, turn it upside down on your desk, and mix it in with what you're doing every single day. Um, it's it's unfortunate that you know most organizations D and I is only a priority in term in times of crisis or in times of some sort of external pressure. That's right. right? If you make it if it's intentional. And, and you're making it a part of your every day then the outside forces shouldn't matter yeah. just you're actually proactive you can mitigate a lot of those outside forces instead of being reactive to them
0: yeah i agree totally agree yeah. totally agree as a person who works in dei the thing i wish is that more people would not feel like it's a thing they have to go into yep. that you can do it where you are so yep. exactly totally agree so the show is called guilty privilege Okay, And so the reason it's called that is because I think people have a tendency to feel guilty about their privilege Mm. or they have no awareness that they have privilege at all. And so um, I am, you know, and and we've kind of touched on this in our conversation, aware that when you have privilege, the goal is to extend it. You know, how do I make sure that others have access to that? So with that, I'd love to end our conversation with an answer to one question, which is what is one privilege that you have that you refuse to feel guilty about?
1: Wow. You didn't give me this one to prepare for. (laughs) I
0: totally did. I think it was stuck in the top
1: somewhere. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I've been afforded a lot of great things in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and to your point, you do sometimes have some survivor's remorse. Like I, I, I came up and you know, some of my guys weren't able to come with me and, and yeah, you, you feel some kind of way about that, but I also know that I'm representing them in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, so I don't ever apologize for, you know, having had a great education. Um, I don't ever apologize just for being black excellence every day all That's day. Right. I, I I walk in that, you Absolutely. know, head held high. Um, and I'm actually, to your point, trying to pass it on. You know, I've got I've got three beautiful girls and I'm raising them to be independent and fierce and unapologetic and Nah, you're not, don't cower or feel that you are not entitled to yeah. something simply because somebody else thinks that you're not. Right. So, so, this idea of independence and entitlement is something that I, I refuse to um, ever, ever give up. I, I work hard. You deserve to be here.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for coming on the program today. Thank you. This All was right. right. Good. It was fun for me too. Great chat. Absolutely. All right. <laughs>